0: Welcome back for part two, where we interview Kaya Twisman to share how she found balance and gave herself grace throughout her weight loss journey. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm Do so you want to introduce to yourself
1: to people listening?
0: Sure. My name is Kaya Twisselman, and I am a cattle rancher turned life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 125 pounds. And I think too, like learning how to give myself a little bit grace of grace for my behaviors even before this health journey and realizing that- Okay, food was comfort for me. And that was one of my protective strategies. And so instead of being ashamed of those choices, how can I be compassionate about how I was using different things to cope in order for me to be like a signal of, okay, if I'm using these things to cope, there's something bigger here that I need to work through mentally and emotionally for myself. And realizing that, okay, the reason that I would go to food or maybe for other people, their drug of choice is alcohol or. Smoking or social media scrolling or drugs or drugs or whatever it is, right? We all have our own things that we use to quote unquote buffer away from our emotions. Escape. Escape, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even running could be technically an emotional buffer if you're using running to distract yourselves from whatever you're feeling, right? If it's it's hurting your
1: life in some way, anything in mm -hmm. excess can
0: take away from meaningful
1: experiences. Yeah.
0: And learning to realize though that like the reason that I ate food was because my brain was saying like my primal brain, like our hind brain, it it wants to seek instant gratification. It wants to avoid pain. And so it wants to avoid the pain of my emotions and it wants to seek the instant gratification of
1: food. We we process um, positive uh physical feelings mm-hmm. faster than we post- process negative feelings mm-hmm. i learned that through birth that's why they say have someone rub your back mm-hmm. have someone listen to things that sounds and smells mm-hmm. and foods like do things that create pleasure in your yeah. body because you're you process that quicker yeah that's interesting it's fascinating it's so fascinating so you're right so you're avoiding
0: the pain, yeah. When really we need to face the pain, right, and exactly. address the pain, exactly. And it's, and I think it's learning like kind of how our, our brains function. And I'm I'm not a neuroscientist. I don't know if you knew that about me, but <laughs> I, I was wondering. I know, right? <laughs> I like to tell my my ladies, my clients that like very simplifying the brain here. Like think about your brain in two parts. It has more parts than that, but we're going to talk about two. There's the primal brain, which is like your hind brain. It's the part of your brain that controls your fight or flight instincts. It's the part of your brain that stores your habit information. It makes sure that all your organs are functioning without you having to think about it. And then there's our frontal brain, our rational thinking brain, our conscious brain, where we're actively making decisions. And our primal brain, when we think about like our willpower or making decisions in the moment, like that's our primal brain just acting. Acting instinctively, and so, like, think about it, kind of like your your caveman brain, like you know, back in in the old days when we were cavemen or whatever, you were trying to avoid saber tooth tigers. You were trying to re- like reserve your energy in case you had to run away from one. You wanted to eat all the food when it was available because food was scarce, and you wanted to protect yourselves by hide- hiding away in a, in a cave, right? Mm-hmm. And so now we still have a lot of these primal instincts and in our brains, right? That animalistic those instincts our caves are a lot nicer now. Our caves are a lot nicer. Right. <laughs> and we have evolved it's 2020. Like we don't have saber toothed tigers chasing after us, but our brain still interprets certain things as physical dangers. Yeah. One of those things being emotions. And so when our brain wants to avoid the discomfort of emotions, that's where it's saying, okay, I want the instant gratification. I want the dopamine hit of things like food, drugs, social media, whatever it is, because it's wanting to protect ourselves
1: so social comfort. media's got to be
0: a big one now. Oh, for sure. I mean, I even notice. I even noticed that for me, it can be. It is. I mean, it's scientifically proven to be addictive. Yeah. You get a dopamine hit with you your You get legs, a dopamine your hit. Comments, absolutely. your like DMs, refresh, refresh, absolutely, and it can just be a breeding ground for comparison which is really toxic. And it's something that I think all of us struggle with. I know it's something that I've struggled with a lot in my younger years. And even to this day, even as like an entrepreneur, you you know, you know find yourself looking at other pages or other or people FOMO. or other coaches or FOMO. Oh my gosh, yes, FOMO. Not that anybody's doing anything these days. Right, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> woo, Netflix and chill. Yep, same, same. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just, it's been really interesting to, I guess, learn more about how my brain, how our brains work for us and work against us just so we can have a little bit of com- compassion for them too and realizing that when we do make these quote unquote mistakes, being compassionate about it, okay, this is my brain wanting to find pleasure. It's wanting to protect itself from something else. But I need to tell my little primal brain, I, I like to think about it too, especially do you for talk moms. to your little primal brain. I do. So what I tell my clients, and I think that you could connect with this as a mom, I'm not a mom, I have little nieces, but thinking about your primal brain is your toddler brain. Like toddlers, your, t- your kids aren't thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow or what's going like to happen next they're year. They're small, crazy people. They're, right. And they just, the only thing they're doing is living in the moment, right? They want to do what feels good now. Like they aren't worried about 100%. eating dessert and having it spoiled dinner later. Like that is not even on their brain. They're like, I want instant gratification. If I'm sad, I'm going to throw a tantrum. Like I'm going to live in the moment. And that's kind of what our primal brains do. But we have this conscious thinking brain as like the parent brain saying, honey, I know you've had a bad day at work. I know you really think that you need to stop and get that blizzard from McDonald's. McDonald's. Is that McDonald's? Are Blizzard's McDonald's?
1: I think, I don't
0: know. I think Doesn't they're matter. not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but,
0: you know, you can use your parent brain to be like, honey, I know that you've had a bad day at work. I know that you really want the the blizzard, but we know it's not. I think best it's foster ourselves. freeze. The foster is freeze. Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm sure um, they have some sort of
1: delicious. Something like yes, that. Blizzard like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. McFlurry, that's McFlurry, what they are. Yes. <laughs> um, clearly, I get a lot of those. Um, but using our, our our rational thinking brain to say, okay, I know that this sounds good to you right now, but I know what's best for you. I know what our long term goals are, and our long term goals of you know maybe reaching our health goals are more important to us than the instant gratification of the taste of a McFlurry. And you can almost like use your brain and so have how that often? Conversation. How
1: often do you give yourself that? treat. Cause I do think that that's, mm. that's the balance with success mm-hmm. in any sort of diet is, I wouldn't even say it shouldn't even be considered diets. I think it should be mm. more like lifestyle changes Absolutely. because I think a diet sounds temporary. It does. But I think if you really want to be successful, it's about changing your relationship with food totally. have having a different lifestyle in terms of ha- have eating habits. How often do you say, okay, like, here's a cheat day or, mm. you know, I just really want this
0: thing today. So I'm going to do it. But yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up the thing about diet because I think diet has, is a loaded word for a lot of people. Like they either have like some emotion about diet. It's diets. embarrassing. It's embarrassing? It's embarrassing. Yeah. Well,
1: because I joined, I joined Weight Watchers because one of one of my staff actually mm. lost 25 pounds doing weight Watchers mm. and then she started talking to me about it and she's like oh it's just points and I eat everything I want but I'll limit the portions or like I substitute an egg white mm-hmm. instead of having two eggs I have one egg and one egg white um and they you know so she, it sounded really easy mm-hmm. where I think diets sound hard yeah it sounds difficult yeah. and I don't and, and so initially, eating out with people, it kind of changed how I would order and what I would order. And I would tell people like, oh, I'm on Weight Watchers. I'm on a diet. And it would be, I would feel a little bit of shame about it. Like mm. uh, that means that I there's something wrong with me, right?
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: And yeah. that I need to fix it. Mm. And in your admitting that you're not happy with the way that you look, uh-huh. you know, and everyone's Candid excuses or candid responses like "You look great." What do you mean? You look uh, great and everything. I was like, "Well, I just keep going up in hand size, and uh, eventually, I won't be able to fit into the clothes that I sell. Uh, so, I better do something now."
0: Yeah, and what I, I do think it's interesting. Like, there is this emotion around it, and I get how how you feel that way, like the embarrassment that comes from it. And it's like either you are on a diet or you're supposed to be on a diet. I feel like that's how I've been my whole life. It's like I'm either on it or I'm supposed to be on it, <laughs> and. Uh, But I think we almost need to neutralize it a little bit. Like all a diet means is just your food choices. Like if you choose donuts every day, like that's just your diet, right? It's just the food choices that you make. But you're right. It really is about a lifestyle. And so – Well, and then I see people
1: around me that can eat whatever they want and mm -hmm. they're this big. I mean my husband's that way. And I've always been – I've never grown up thinking about what I've – eaten. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't until like probably the last 10 years mm-hmm. that I've had to more. And I've had some health issues. So then I kind of almost feel sorry for me. You know, it's yeah. like, it's not my fault. It's it's because I got this. Uh-huh. You know? Um, yeah. So it's been, it, it's been fascinating. It's almost like I don't recognize myself and mm-hmm. the person that I have become mm-hmm. because my relationship with my body has changed over yeah. time. Uh-huh. And in some ways I feel like I'm in total denial and I'm like, oh, I can eat and do whatever I want. And then I see the results and I see mm. them faster now. Mm. Like if I go a week and I don't pay attention to what I'm eating, mm. I
0: know that that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> you could tell a difference. Yeah. I was
1: like, oh, these pants don't fit me now.
0: Yeah. 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 So in terms of like how I, how I enjoy foods that most people would deem quote unquote unhealthy. Again, I don't want anyone to ever think that there are good and bad foods. Cause I think that just breeds more fear and insecurity around foods and shame and shame. Absolutely. And like Um, one of the examples that I, that I share when I first started my health journey, I, and and the way that I did mine was, and I have no problem with anybody, how they decide to do their health journey or live their life. But I knew that this time I didn't want to count anything. I didn't want to log anything. I didn't want to count anything. So I have lost over 125 pounds, not counting any calories, not logging anything. So freeing. And And it, it is, it is really freeing. And I think, you know, part of it, I guess you could say, Um, I've been learning more about like intuitive eating and just kind of how to be more in tune to my body and what it craves and what it needs and being aware of what makes it feel good. Um, but in terms of, of food, what has worked really well for me is planning ahead of time. And so just like making, this is what I do every single night before I go to bed as part of my nighttime routine. I have this, um, Planning worksheet that I have printed out, and and I'm going to be making a Coach Kaya planner here soon, which I'm really excited about. So people can stop printing them out. But you can. And do you have a website that people yeah, can go to? Yeah. So if to? you visit CoachKaya.com, you can download this template that I'm talking about. Um. So my weekly plan template. It's really simple. It just has breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack for every day, and then it has a spot to track water and a spot to track an activity, a movement. And every night before I go to bed, as part of my nighttime routine. I just write down what I'm going to eat the next day. And it's almost my way of using my conscious, rational thinking parent brain while I'm focused on my long-term goals to say, okay, what are my choices going to be tomorrow, instead of just kind of relying on my willpower in the moment. Um, and so it's a way for me to be more, I guess, intentional about how I'm going to fuel my body. And it's also a way for me to be more intentional about the, cl- the food I have in my refrigerator instead of having it go bad all the time. I can say like, okay, what do we have in the fridge? Do I need to thaw something tonight for dinner tomorrow? This is what we're going to Do eat. you and your fiance eat the same? Yes and no. So I do most of the cooking in the house. Um, so he eats like all the dinners that I prepare, but, um, does he ever bring things home that you're not? They don't want in the house. <laughs> no, I mean, again, I'm like pro all foods, and, and and that relationship is different now. Like, I think I was probably a little bit more restrictive on myself. I think I was still really at grips with diet culture when I first started my health journey. And I found a lot more freedom as, as I've continued on. And so like, do we order pizza sometimes? Absolutely. The difference is I used to eat at least four slices and now I know that I can eat a slice or two and be completely satisfied, you know, and it's just learning how to be more in tune to my body of, This tasted really delicious. I actually think I enjoy food better more now. I have more appreciation for it. I'm more present with it when I'm eating food instead of just kind of like tasting the first few bites and then just shoveling the rest of it in because- How much can I get in there? Right, exactly. And so when I first started my health journey, I remember I was at I went out to dinner with some of my friends in Lexington, Kentucky, and it was someone's birthday. We went to a, a pizza place. And like I did, like I still did this day the night before, I'd made a decision. I was like, okay, I know we're going out to this pizza place. I'm gonna make the decision tomorrow night. I'm gonna order a salad. I decided ahead of time, like made the choice so that way I didn't have to like have that whole internal dialogue conversation of it's been a hard day, we don't go out very much, you don't you deserve pizza. You know how we we do those justifications. Yes. So I decided ahead of time. Rationalization. Yes. yes. And so we go to the pizza restaurant, everyone's ordering appetizers. And everybody ordered like a ton of appetizers for the table and they were all bread based. And again, I have nothing wrong with bread, but at the time I had decided I was going to eat a salad that night. But I remember sitting there while we're like enjoying everyone's company, feeling so sorry for myself, like having an internal pity party, like getting emotional about it almost. And then I was like, why, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I getting so emotional about it? But I realized that I was falling into that victim mentality again of, I can't have these breadsticks because I'm on a diet. I wish I could just eat like other people, like a normal person. I can't believe this, yada, yada, yada. And it wasn't until after the fact that I had the realization of like, okay, you know what would have been a lot easier or more empowering for me if I changed my thought instead You know what, Kaya? You can have the breadstick. You can have anything that you want, but you're making an empowered choice right now for how you're going to fuel your body because your long-term goals are more important to you than the instant gratification of the taste of hot, fresh breadsticks. Like you can have this. You are a grown ass woman. You can eat whatever you want to, but you also get to make choices for yourself. And just changing that thought to one of empowerment and one of like ownership completely changes your relationship it re- changes your mood in the moment and i really recognize the way that when it comes to my food choices how much my thoughts really influence that and realizing like i'm not a victim to a diet i'm not on a diet i'm just making choices about how to fuel my body and live my life and so when it comes to like me having quote unquote cheat days i don't like to say that they're cheat days because i don't think that it feels good to say you're cheating on yourself it's just yeah i made an empower de- empowering decision today to have a reese's peanut butter cup because It tastes delicious i'm gonna have one it's gonna be satisfying and i can continue making healthy choices for myself you know and i think it's hard for us to compare i know you you mentioned earlier like you see people eat whatever they want and they never gain weight and recognizing that everybody's body is different we all have different genetics but we also don't know what activity people do in their homes when they leave the table you know so i don't want someone to ever say like kaya what do you eat to lose weight and then think that they can eat those and lose weight because You know they don't know that I'm training for a marathon. They don't know that I'm you know how much I work out and all this stuff. Are you really training for a marathon? I am training for a marathon. How much do you run a day? Um, so usually I try to run three or four times a week. Um, and my long runs are always on Sunday. But like this morning, I just ran two miles. I don't run a long distance for most of my days. I do a long run on Sunday. Last Sunday, I was supposed to do like eleven miles. Um, but I actually just found out that our marathon got canceled. I was supposed to run the oh, Austin marathon no. on Valentine's day, but me and my girlfriends decided the Austin or Boston, Austin, Austin in Texas. Yeah. So, uh, me and my girlfriends though, we decided that we're going to run a virtual one and we actually did a virtual half marathon cause city to sea got canceled this year, but we ran the same route from downtown slow at Victoria's Secret to Dinosaurs, Kays Park in Shell Beach, and my fiance was like our mobile hydration station. He had, I love it. He drove behind us in his truck and like had waters and had like little protein bars and stuff. For it. And he had so much fun with it. So I think we're gonna do do that for Valentine's Day and run a virtual marathon. Are you gonna go to Austin or are you gonna do it here? I think we're gonna probably just do it here, and
1: That's I'm probably awesome. I'm gonna
0: defer my Austin marathon for 2022.
1: Running's no joke. I I did a half. I did a one half. I did the slow half. Yeah. Um, and it was. I threw up afterwards. You did. (laughs) But I did it under two hours, which is my goal.
0: That's amazing. I don't think we did ours that fast. I can't remember. I don't think it was that fast though. But, um, yeah, running used to be, you know, I, it's, it's funny. You mentioned earlier about how you feel like you don't recognize yourself now or you're like kind of trying to come to grips with your, you said something like that. And yeah, it's been really interesting. Like my, my girlfriend, Jessica, we went to high school together and college together and she's gonna be my maid of honor in my wedding in May. And she, um, you know, she's been really fit all her life was really – active in sports and in high school and active in college. And then she had gained some weight after college. And after I started my health journey, she was like, whatever you're doing, like, I want to do it too. And she's a therapist too. So like the mindset stuff was her jam. Like we're speaking the same language. And she kind of, in some ways was my first client kind of, because I was teaching her what I was learning and she's lost over 50 pounds. And she, we started running together. And, um, it's been so interesting though with her, because it was almost like, she feels now like she's back to her normal self. And for me, someone that has been overweight since like, I mean, probably infancy, like I have struggled my weight my entire life. And so for me, I feel like I'm discovering this new person that I had no idea ever existed. And I've never looked like this before in my life. And anybody that, you know, after moving back home to California a little less than two years ago, when I run into people, they don't even recognize me. Like they will walk right past me because no one has ever pictured me this way, not even myself. And it's, it took a while to kind of get used to me looking like this. Um, and I noticed you look amazing by the way. Thank you. Thank you. You should be very proud of yourself. I am very, very proud of myself. And it's been, it's just also like, I still have the first instinct when I go shopping to like go to the plus size section. And the other thing that was interesting is that I, before coming and, um, doing a try-on session with you all, I don't think I'd ever been into ambiance because I avoided boutiques because I knew most boutiques wouldn't carry my size. And so when I went shopping with my girlfriends and they wanted to go shopping at boutiques, I would just always go in and just look at jewelry because I didn't want to look at clothes and think something's cute and then realize there's nothing in my size. And so it's been interesting to see how that still – like I still have that mentality. I still accidentally go to the plus size section to buy clothes even though I wear small. Like – It's, it's so, it's like such a long, it's fascinating.
1: Yeah. The psychological development. It's been interesting. Our industry is changing because I think the, the average size in the U.S. is a size 16. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I have, um, a couple older sisters and both of the, and they're all of our, all of them struggle with their weight Mm -hmm. and have since they were kids. Mm -hmm. Um, they're my half sisters, but we're pretty close. Um, and she'll, she'll be really interested to hear about what you done. Cause she too, she's d- done every diet. Mm-hmm. I had her do the metabolic reset mm-hmm. with Dr. Christensen. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did it with her and it's been, it's like nothing works mm-hmm. uh, for her. And, and so, yeah. Um, but so our my industry is changing and they're offering more plus size mm-hmm. for people um and i we always try to c- carry the huge the mm-hmm. whole size range mm-hmm. but as actually as i've gotten bigger i've realized like you know when i'm fitting into a large and i, I know this company doesn't make anything bigger than a large mm-hmm. i definitely thought like wow like i could actually not be able to wear clothes from my store yeah yeah which is and it's it's been it, it doesn't feel good. It, no, doesn't. it doesn't. You wanna feel and you wanna feel like you can accommodate anybody. I want someone to feel good about shopping at the store mm-hmm. and never feel Bad yeah. or like that they can't fit into
0: something that they would love to wear. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like, and you would know more because you're in the biz. But I, I do feel like I see this trend in fashion in general being a lot more size inclusive. And mm-hmm. um, it is, it is, it, it's, it, it's the first time in yeah. my industry. I mean, a lot
1: of people only carry extra small to large. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're seeing extra small to extra large and, you know, usually my denim brands only go up to a size 32 mm-hmm. and like all of that is definitely shifting and yeah. big, big companies like Anthropologie I know has offered like plus size mm-hmm. and, um, but I don't even like the way that that's packaged. Right, like when you right. think about it, um, not that, I mean, I think people need to own whatever size you are, like you mm-hmm. said, and love it, but to
0: differentiate it from people, mm-hmm. I think it just creates more shame. Yeah, totally. And like, you know, I, I like fashion a lot and I really do like shopping. Um, and it's been so like, it's almost overwhelming now because I can go anywhere and buy anything from anywhere. And it's just like a lot to handle. (laughs) Like it was almost easier before when I knew I can go to Lane Bryant and Torrid and that's it. Like, but then it's the the problem of like, you know, before I feel like I had the, the problems with, okay, the places that carry my size or the sections that carry my size, everything is frumpy and looks like an old lady. And so it's exciting to me to see brands now be more size inclusive because I think that everyone... You know at every different age, there's going to be plus size people or larger people, and I think everyone deserves to feel fashionable and trendy and sexy, no matter what size you are. And so, um, I think it's been cool to kind of see that transition a little bit. And yeah, I do too. You know, even talking about you mentioned your sister and how she's tried a bunch of things and nothing's really worked. You know, I have the opportunity, so I have a digital course and it just wrapped up, and I'm launching a membership program at the beginning of 2021. And a lot of women that are in my program, you know, they, they join because they want to lose weight and what they discover along the way. and what Really my intention for them is like, what if you didn't lose any weight, but what if you learned to love yourself regardless of your weight? And what I really encourage people to think about, because I think that we put so much emphasis of health and so much emphasis of like contentment or beauty on a number on the scale when health, your, your weight is just like one factor of health. And what if we, instead of having this goal weight, which I'll tell you when I first started my health journey, my goal weight was 150 pounds. It was like one that put me within like the, the normal BMI range. And it was just like a fun, clean number, full transparency. I have not hit my goal weight yet because what I discovered on my journey and what I really encourage my clients to think about is it's not a goal weight that we want. It's what you think that goal weight will make you feel. So instead of you having, want to feel you want the feeling. yeah so you think it, that yeah instead of having a goal weight, like let's have a goal feeling. like what is it that you want to feel as a result of this health journey? because what people want is they want to have self-confidence. they want to have energy. they want to feel like they can do the things they want, that they want they want to feel sexy. They want, they to, want to feel, feel sexy, beautiful right yeah. And who's to say that we can't create any of those feelings? with how you are and your size, exactly as you are in this moment. Right? Like, and the beautiful thing is that when you learn to love and accept and appreciate your body in its form right now, you're going to be more empowered and motivated to care for it. And for a lot of us, when you start caring for your body, weight loss happens to be a side effect of that. But if we make weight loss the only goal, if the only reason you are eating the certain foods that you are, if the only reason you are doing the activities you're doing is to lose weight, it's not sustainable because once the weight is lost, your motivation is lost. And so if it's this goal feeling of I want to feel energetic, I want to feel confident, I want to feel beautiful, how can I do things to make me feel that way? then that's what's going to help us create that sustainable lifestyle because it's going to be one that we actually enjoy and don't want to escape from right Right. so many of us have this idea we want that instant gratification right that's why the diet industry is a multi-billion dollar industry they're selling you quick results and we love quick results like oh my gosh you i can drink this shake for a week and lose 25 pounds like i might shit my brains out but like i'll lose the weight and that's what i want right well yeah it feels good in the moment but then you're going to gain it all back and then you're going to still be back where you're at and so When people ask me, like, how do I lose weight and how do I do it fast? I say, you don't, you don't lose weight fast. That is the number one way to make sure you keep staying on the cycle of losing and gaining it back. Like the key to losing weight fast is to do it the right way. So you only got to do it once. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to follow our Instagram at ambiance slow and ambiance passo and YouTube at ambiance boutiques to catch all the latest news and VIP promos.